What if I told you loving yourself could change your life? It can, and I know from experience. I'm Lo, and this is the Love Yourself Inside Out podcast. Everyone is worthy of self-love and guilty of letting others develop narratives about you. It's time to shut that down and own your narrative. Let's cut out the negativity and let yourself shine. It's never too late to love yourself inside out. listeners, I'm Lo, and you're joining me on Love Yourself Inside Out, the podcast. Oh my gosh, I just said the podcast. It's real. It's been like five years in the making for this to come to life. I am so excited you're here and joining me on this journey. I have struggled with loving myself for as long as I can remember. Probably back, I think it was third grade is when it all started. But here I am today sitting here talking about it. Why? Because I love myself genuinely the way I am at any phase of my life now. It took a lot of work and dedication to get here, but I'm excited to share things that I've learned with you. And I just, I can't believe it's like a pinch me moment right now that here I am sitting in a studio recording my first podcast. Since you don't really know me, maybe you do, you could be friends or family, but if you're just tuning in, I feel like you need to know me a little bit more. And the only way I could think of doing that was introducing myself kind of on a speed dating round because we need to get into the real good content, you know, where we're really talking about loving yourself inside out. But maybe you should get to know who Lo really is. I have two fave colors, hot pink and teal. Favorite singer, Britney Spears, since the Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, lifelong fan here. I love Legally Blonde, the movie, also saw it in the musical, also I love the Twilight series. I was team Edward all the way. Love reading books. I mean, all the time. I always have a good book in my hand. Favorite TV shows. Gilmore Girls and Good Witch. I can watch those on repeat and recycle seasons over and over and over again. I do love long walks on the beach, but not the kind you're thinking about. I'm talking about fabulous memories that I have with my grandpa strolling the beach at like 4 a.m. in beautiful Redondo Beach, California. To me, that's the most beautiful beach in the world. And it's funny, thinking about all these things I just told you, it's kind of like I have this theme. All the things that I really like deal with love or empowered women who are like moving forward in the world and taking these steps of really owning who they are in the movies. If you think about like Legally Blonde, that's what she's doing. Gilmore Girls, Lorelai is sitting there, you know, designing her own future and opening an inn. So it's like all these little pieces come together. And it's funny because I actually see myself in some of the characters at times. And so wanted to let you know a little insight into my life. I've been married for 16 years now, and it's been wonderful. So wanted to let you know that I have a very supportive husband, and I'm super lucky. Now let you know a little bit more about me. I'm going to start digging into a little bit of the past so you understand like where this love yourself inside out is coming from and why it is so important to me. So the past. We've got to dig into the past. Never fun but super important in a self-love journey. So the first memory I have of when I like learned to not love myself was I think it was third grade. 
I can kind of see the school still, but it, there was this fashion show happening. It must have been in the evening at some point or maybe on a weekend. And I'm in this pink dress. But I remember hearing adults around me talking about like either that the dress didn't fit or it was the only thing that fit me. Like there was some negativeness around it. And I remember thinking, oh, they're talking about me. And like, I have to go stand on this stage and walk in front of people after I just heard adults I don't even know discussing like me not looking good in the outfit I'm in. And I just remember thinking back then, even though I didn't really know fully what it all meant, it's it just didn't feel great. And so that feeling is kind of stuck with me. And that was like the first time that I had that like negative feeling about myself. It's crazy. Here I am all these years later, and that still sticks out in my mind. So then fourth grade, fourth grade, I feel is like where it really picked up, you know, people started picking on me more or just saying more things. I didn't feel like I fit. We had just transferred schools to this private school. So it was like I was the new kid going into fourth grade when everyone else like knew each other. So that makes it even worse. I don't know. It was just a really tough year. I felt like I kind of lost myself in there. Like I was trying to be somebody I wasn't to fit in with people I didn't really want to fit in with. But what do you do? You're a fourth grader and you're at the school and it's happening. Then we got transferred out of state. My dad got a new job, so we had to move. And guess what? I got to repeat fourth grade again. As if the first year wasn't enough torture, I got to sit through a whole second year of fourth grade. I wasn't that great at math. Uh, So it was good academically, but not so good mentally. I can totally remember the songs on the school bus that were sung about me. There were jokes made, and I get it. I, I, I was overweight. I mean, me thinking back, I don't think I ever really like viewed myself as that, but others did. And over time, and just hearing that over and over again, even as a fourth grader, like I knew it was starting to cut away, and it was starting to dig at me. And so, yeah, repeating fourth grade twice was fabulous, let me tell you. I was so excited when I finally got to fifth. Then middle school happened and it was like a whole new group, right? There's new kids coming in. It's like this mix of everyone re-entering these halls. And I was going out for cheerleading and I made the team. But I remember being told at one point that maybe they only needed me on the team for my grades. And like that comment was wrong on all levels. A, it told me that I didn't look the part. I didn't fit. I shouldn't have been on the team. It was only for my grades, right? It discounted the entire rest of me. So that was wrong. But it was also wrong to every other person on that team. Everyone on that team, you know, is a great person who has different strengths and they weren't all bad at school. Like that's, I don't know. That's just so wrong. If you think about it, like it's somebody putting that stereotype of what you think of cheerleaders out there when it's completely false And for me to be told that in middle school, it's just like, I didn't even really know what to think about it. At the time, I really didn't know what to say about it either. You know, I just took it in and that was that. And just another little thing that sat there in my mind. And then if we fast forward, there was like an incident where I stood up to a group of people. It was probably the first time ever that I kind of like voiced my opinion and I like stuck to it, even though it wasn't the popular opinion. And in result of me doing that, there was stuff written about me on the bathroom stall. And if that wasn't embarrassing enough, 
of course, there was, you know, a band concert at the time when the stuff was written on the stall. And it was in the gym, which was across from the stalls where this lovely wording was written. And I was in band, so my mom was going to be there, you know, family coming. And I was like, great, if she sees this, because of course, who's going to run home and tell their parents what happened to them in middle school? So I remember thinking about it, telling my friend, oh my gosh, we've got to go do something because I can't have my mom see this. So we came up with an out-of-order sign that we taped on the stall door, and lucky, luckily, people believed it. I mean, it was handwritten on, like, white printer paper because we didn't really have anything else. It was, like, this last-minute idea of how to cover this. But I just remember the line for that bathroom was so long. I'll you know, out into the hallway. And it's funny because women's restrooms don't need any help lengthening the line, but the out-of-order sign thankfully worked. My mom never saw what was written about me in the stalls, nor did any other parents that were there. So I guess it was a win, but the fact that I even had to do that just really sucks. So that was just, you know, a little bit of middle school and what happened. So then we're moving on to high school. And I'm finding myself more. I've kind of realized I float between different groups. I'm not necessarily like, oh, this is like my one group and that's that. And I think it's because I realized I like to learn about different people. I wanted to understand, you know, them and what they liked and did. And I was still trying to figure out who am I and what do I like and where am I going in this world? And so I kind of moved around a lot. But there was this incident where a rock was thrown through the window of my house. And in addition to that, the same group of people put, like, you know that frozen orange juice concentrate? They poured it all over the doormat, the front door, and egged. I mean, three things in one night. If that doesn't sound a sign that somebody doesn't like you, I don't know what does. I mean, that incident paired with everything else, it was just like a lot. It, it led to a lot of like, what's wrong with me? What did I do to deserve this? Like, I never placed the blame on them at the time. It always came back to like, what did I do wrong? Where, where did I do something? Because I always thought I was pretty fair and that, you know, I really tried to embrace people for who they were. But I just felt like, I kept getting targeted with things. And I don't know, it, it made me feel insecure. It made me feel almost a little scared. Like, if they could do that, what else could they do? So to improve myself, I went ahead and I started drinking only sodas at lunch. I ate less and less as time went on because I thought, okay, if I'm skinnier or if I play this part differently, who knows what could happen. And sure, I lost weight and I started getting compliments. And I just remember thinking, nobody knows the secret. Like they don't know what I'm doing. They just telling me, hey, you look great now. And it's like the inside, you know, the mental side of me was deteriorating, right? Like I went from being this ultra confident girl who wanted to walk in a fashion show at school in third grade to this girl who decided she should starve herself, 
pretty much. I mean, I was eating enough so people didn't catch on, but it definitely was not eating a lot. So I could lose weight and look different. That's not good. But that happens a lot in society. When all these things are going on, it's like, how do we change that? Like, that's what you constantly have to be thinking about when you're trying to figure out how to love yourself the right way. But it's easy to lose sight of loving yourself when all these outside influences are telling you something different than what you thought starts to become your own perception of yourself. And that's exactly what happened to me. And then I moved into college and I was dating somebody at the time who kept telling me, hey, that girl over there, she looks prettier than you. Did you see that one over there? She looks really good too. Like we'd be walking on campus together talking and all of a sudden like he was just looking at her and telling me like telling me what he was thinking I mean I knew in my head you know there's signs that go off but I put up with it and I think I put up with it because I'd already like told myself I wasn't good enough like I had I had accepted I had taken in what other people told me and I was believing it so I was like well it makes sense he's saying that about others because I mean Look what I have to do. I have to not eat as much. Now I ha- and I'm in college, so I have access to this gym, so I was working out a ton. Not even that. I tried taking those pills for like diets and stuff. Like something I would never do in my right mind like today I would never do that, but I did. I mean, I completely transformed that whole side of me to become this I don't know, skinnier version of myself. It's not like I changed, but my physical appearance did. And in some way, in some warped way, at the time, I thought it made me feel better. I mean, it was crazy. Like looking back at that, I'm like, how did I go on so many years living like that? Trapped as like a prisoner in my own mind, hating myself, but also trying to love myself because other people were like, hey, you're looking great. Look at that. You lost weight. You look great in that outfit. I I don't even know. It's so hard to even comprehend. It kind of feels like a whole nother person from where I am today. With all that said, though, I want you to know there was a ton of good that happened in my past too. Those same years, I developed lifelong friends like the second year of fourth grade, even though it was torturous in some ways. And I can hear that singing on the bus on the ride to school. I also made friends that I still, you know, I went to weddings I've been in contact with for like 20 years plus. I mean, it's amazing. So I have super great friends and I have memories that I would never give up. I mean, I had fabulous times. So just because one side of me was struggling, it doesn't mean that everything was just so negative. And I really don't want to leave that impression. Because life is still good, even if we're not fully loving ourselves. At the time, it's just trying to figure out how to win that balance back over. But like in high school, I cheered at my first games. I competed in competitions that I never knew that I was even capable of doing. And all of that, like all of this journey led me to my amazing husband. So right after college... I needed a job. I was graduating college a year early and I was like, okay, I have the best idea. I'm going to spend senior year with no homework. So there I am in this college town, really deciding like, what am I going to do? There was a college fair. I got approached to 
go interview for Hertz manager in training. I was like, cool. I went to school for communications and marketing. Let me go ahead and become, you know, a manager in training at Hertz. So I went and interviewed. I walked in and like there he was standing there behind the counter. And it was like, I saw him and I was like, is love at first sight real? And yes, it is 100% real. I just remember going home and telling my roommate at the time, if I don't get this job, we have to rent cars like all the time because I need to figure out who that guy is. Luckily, spoiler alert, I got the job and the guy. And like I said, we've been married for 16 years and it's been most amazing. So today, you know, we've talked about my past, both good and bad. But today, if I didn't experience everything that I did back then and all those things leading up to this, there wouldn't be this podcast because maybe I would have loved myself completely the whole time, you know, 100%, but I didn't. And so that's why I'm here, because I want to talk about that. I mean, I didn't even tell you yet, but there were some days after I got married. Luckily, my husband's very, very supportive. But in those early years of marriage where I was still really struggling, I used to cry, like literally cry, for a good hour before I had to leave the house to go do something, not like to get to my job, but if we were going out with friends, like I was so embarrassed to let people see me. And the reason why is because I had gained weight. One of my coping mechanisms in life has always been comfort food eating. And when you go from a place where you're not eating very much and you're like really trying to limit that to keep this like, you know, weight that people were like oh you look great and then you go to comfort eating which is you know what I had always done I started to gain weight again I mean it just happens right and there's nothing wrong with that but at the time my self-worth was tied to the number that was on the scale number went up I hated myself more number went down I thought I was fabulous but it was all fake right I wasn't any more fabulous at a skinnier weight than in a heavier weight, but my mind couldn't like wrap its head around to realize that was just totally wrong. But today I have so many exciting things ahead. A, this podcast, here we are. The podcast is happening. But two, or B, I should say B, in 2023, I'm competing in my first pageant ever. Yeah first pageant ever like never have done anything like that before but I have a fabulous pageant coach who is just absolutely amazing and she'll be on a future episode her name is Michelle and I just have to say thank you so much Michelle because she let me know like on that first video interview call where we were like learning can we work together all of that that She's like, you're amazing just as you are. You can do this. And let me tell you, I am not the skinniest number I've ever been on the scale. In fact, I'm really at the higher end of where I've been on the scale. So that's how much loving yourself can change. I'm in a place that, you know, 16, 20 years ago, I would have never competed because I would have said, oh, the number on the scale is too high. So that's what loving yourself can do. It's giving me the confidence to go out there and be who I'm meant to be. I also am an avid Weight Watchers member. At one time, I was a leader for the organization, but I 
gained weight since I lost that weight and I'm back in the program again. But Weight Watchers taught me over the years how to have a healthy relationship with food again. So it's life-changing in that way, but also how to, you know, change my mindset. They really helped me figure out how to shut down that negative self-talk and get myself out of that cycle where the number on the scale dictated my self-worth. Go to Toastmasters because I like to public speak. I like to be able to talk and it gives me a wonderful outlet to be able to practice that. I'm also a visionary. I love manifesting things and I love believing in myself. And I have to tell you, I started really looking into angel numbers. So if you don't know what those are, it's signs from the universe about when things are going right. And, you know, 1111, everybody makes a wish. The weird thing is, which I noticed today when I entered the address to come to this location to record, the building address is 1111. I mean, if that's not a sign, I don't know what it is. So this podcast meant to be. Clearly, I'm aligned now and in the right spot and so excited for this journey with you. What's in it for you, though? Like, why are you tu- tuning in? Why are you trying to get to know who Blow is? Because you want to invest in you. Loving yourself is about the investment in you. It's believing in your best self and who you can be and pushing yourself to achieve that goal, to get out there and just do it. You're going to learn lots of tips about how to overcome some of those obstacles that we all deal with, right? Like, I'm not perfect. I have days where, you know, the the negative self-talk starts up again. Things happen, but I have so many tools in my arsenal now that it's like I can bounce back from it. It's not a destructive path anymore. And like, if somebody says something to me that it's like clearly a judgment about me, I know how to recover from it instead of internalizing it and making it something that I believe about myself. So we'll do that. There is so much to unpack about loving yourself. But what you need to know is everybody's journey is different. Everybody views self-love differently. There's no right or wrong in how you practice it or how you think about it. So I hope when you're joining me, you're just open to hearing what I have to say, because maybe that one little word I say is going to spark you to think about it totally differently. Even if you don't agree with me 90% of the time when you're listening, there's going to be something that just might ignite you to think about something else. Or you might even have a conversation with somebody and you're like, hey, I just heard this. That could really help them love themselves more. Because when you love yourself, you're able to help others love themselves. So this week, I just want you to think about before the next time you tune in to listen to me, what is it that self-love means? Like, what do you think self-love means to you? How do you kind of see it? Like, if you were to picture a day where you're doing self-care, what does that look like? Is it five minutes of reading a book? Is it turning out the lights and just sitting with yourself? Is it turning on your music as loud as you can and dancing around your house or kitchen and whatever? I mean, whatever self-love is to you, figure that out and just understand what it is because it's so important to know what you kind of think self-love means and how you like to practice it. And next time, we'll dig into how you can build your self-love, how you can really believe in yourself and start designing that future that you want to have. So thank you for tuning in. I'm Lo. 
and I can't wait to catch up next week. That was your weekly dose of self-love with me, Lo. Want more? Tune in next week and connect with me on Instagram at Mrs. Lauren Elizabeth Jones. Send me a DM, let me know what you want to hear, what you think, and we'll talk about it all. Join me on the next Love Yourself Inside Out podcast.